0: There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The Iron Lady, she makes it official when she shows up on the show, so we really appreciate her. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, uh, it's right before the holidays. I'm not sure if you'll hear this because usually it takes a good 90 days for most people to hear our, hear our uh, podcasts and flush them out or any podcast. And uh, But I'll let you know, we're, this is the last show we do before Christmas 2023. Those of you watching 10 years from now on YouTube, are like, what's he talking about? Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays, whatever your thing is. I hope you have a happy enjoyment one. So there you go. So if you catch this podcast before Christmas is our last one. There you go. Best wishes, and as always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives because if you want to have the best hot holiday discussions with people around the table. Make your family better. Refer them to Goodreads.com, Fortune's Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortune's Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortune's Chris Foss, Chris Foss, one of the tickety-tockety, Chris Foss newsletter on LinkedIn, and the Big 130,000 group over there. We have an amazing gentleman on the show today. He's going to be talking to us about what he does and how he does it. Fia Fiafia joins us on the show. Do I have that right, Tanella?
1: Yep, you got it. You got it.
0: <laughs> I learn stuff every day. That's why we do the show. He's going to be talking to us about some of the achievements he's done in his life and sharing with you some of the journeys that he's been on to make stuff happen. He's a two- million-dollar contractor and business coach. He built a $1 million concrete company in one year that started with $300. He has 280,000 followers across all social media platforms in two years of starting social media. He's big on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. And now he does uh, coaching for contractors to help them build their own seven-figure construction company and personal brand. And uh, welcome to the show. How are you, sir?
1: Oh, we're doing fabulous, and you got the intro down. I, love I do. I've done, we've <laughs> done a
0: couple shows on here, so welcome to the show. Give us the dot coms. So where can people find you up on the internets and look you up?
1: Yeah, so everything is really just off my social media. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of wows a lot of people is I don't even have a website for like any of my businesses. Everything, huh? so like the concrete business, yeah, it does uh, does about two million a year. It's all just from Facebook and Instagram.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I never understood how to get websites and all that going. So I was just like, I know how to use Facebook. I'll just push that. There you
0: go. Give us a 30,000 overview of what you do and how you do it.
1: Yeah. So I started a concrete business back in 2021 and I scaled it quickly. That was always my end goal was like to hit a million dollars in total revenue that first year, just because I always thought that was going to be an awesome headline to have. And then it When I started building my social media, it was just a lot easier to tag that along. And then as the company grew, I was pretty transparent about a lot of the mistakes I was making. And so that's kind of how social media started and tons of people just started following me, asking questions, things like that. I was just kind of learning from there. There you go.
0: So you you uh, built this uh, sort of business. What what? Tell us a little bit about your journey. What got you down the road and what got you into this? And then, of course, why did you start? You know, you, you built the business. My first company in 18 was a subcontracting business. So I know what it's like to work in the trades and you build a business and you can make some really great money. And, in fact, I think the money will just get better. We'll talk about that here as we go on. But uh, tell us about your life journey. How did you get into it? And then, of course, why did you start sharing it?
1: Yeah, so this is actually my ninth business. So I've started a business every year since I was 18. You name it, every year it was real estate, laundromat, digital marketing, e-com, like everything underneath the sun. I always knew I wanted to run my own business, but all all of them failed. And so it wasn't until I was working for a guy, I was 23, 24, when I first started working in concrete, and I was still trying to do my gig on the side but it wasn't until one day one of my paychecks bounced and so I didn't get paid for two weeks. Oh man. That's contractors, that's, right? Yeah that's that's what started the initial fire is and we were out of town too. So it was like I was already living paycheck to paycheck because I was young and dumb with money. So we've, we've uh, all been there right yeah. Yeah so <laughs> I ended up quitting there, leaving and I ended up just starting my business like hey I'm not I'm not going back like I'm making this work
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it I mean that's that's uh, you know I got fired from my job what in McDonald's I wrote about this in my book beacons of leadership and uh, I uh, I got fired from McDonald's and I learned the subcontracting sucko business when I was a kid from you know just helped my dad and he'd left the business but you know all the tools and you know shovels and and uh, cement crap and well i had to go buy new cement but you know all the mixers and shit were in his backyard and he's like you just go get the stuff in the backyard and i taught you when you were a kid you know my mom would be like take the kids out of the house for the summer and go to take and work so we knew and do everything but yeah so you build the business and then you you started sharing your journey online tell us a little bit more about the proponent that started that and why you felt like that was important to do
1: I noticed a lot of contractors. Well, not just contractors. A lot of entrepreneurs in general. The biggest ones that had that had personal brands. If they had Mm -hmm. a personal brand, it was so much easier for them in business. And so I always looked at like The Rock. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know anything about the tequila business, but he starts a tequila brand instantly. Billionaire. Same with McGregor, Kylie Jenner. Like you name it. If you have such a big following. You could do anything and you'll sell out. And so that was always my big push is like, cool. If I don't want to do concrete forever, if I have a big enough brand, if I have a million followers, like I could sell T-shirts and make a couple hundred thousand or million. You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. that's kind of like where the big brand kind of came from. And that's why I was going all in on it.
0: So tell us what you do on your, I'm looking over your Instagram and your TikTok channels. You've got 103,000 followers on Instagram, or I'm sorry, on TikTok, 83, oh, you're almost 100,000 on Instagram at 80,000. What do you talk about there? And what are you, what are you trying to do? You got over 4.1 million likes. We should definitely, you know, like <laughs> that. That's, that's no, that's no easy feat.
1: And I'm, the thing I hated about business was no one was transparent about their numbers. And so Ah. everything, how I profit, how I price jobs, how I market, how I land jobs, how I hire guys, everything is full out in the open because it's all stuff I wish I knew in the beginning. And that's kind of why it it just blew up because no one else was doing that. Mm -hmm. And then I was also transparent about the money I lost because although we did hit a million dollars in revenue, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. So I actually went into debt and into the negative so by second third year in this time last year i was negative 500 grand so it's and i was transparent about it and no one else will share stuff like that and i started sharing okay this is how i'm getting out of the debt Mm -hmm. and then now i just get a hundred dms a day from guys like man i'm in a similar situation not that bad Mm -hmm. but hey it's helped me out a lot i'm five grand in debt So it's like, you can keep going at 500 grand in debt. Like I can figure mine out.
0: Yeah. There you go. I mean, this is the beauty of stories and lessons that we teach each other in life. And one of the reasons we do the show is that, you know, I always say stories are the owner's manual to life. And by helping other people realize they're not alone, by sharing our stories, by sharing our inspirations, we not only help, others but it, sometimes they help us they go hey man here's a better way to do whatever it is and you know you're you're in the trades business and we've had a lot of people on i think there was one guy who was on the show he wrote a book called blue collar millionaire and he not only has become a multimillionaire building blue collar businesses you know he's helped other people build blue collar business to become millionaires and it's an oft correct me if i'm wrong but it's it seems like it's a really oft overlooked trade especially with gen z and maybe millennials you know i, I all i hear from gen z is i want to be a tiktok star <laughs> like yeah that's i don't think that's a real job and i don't think it's i don't think it's going to last you a long time you know i used to be a youtube star and we've seen where that paycheck went i wasn't that big of a star but we made a lot of money back in the day it which is interesting because we have more videos now than ever before. But uh, talk to us a little bit about that and and how it's an overlooked trade as to, you know, not only the income you can make, but the value that it provides society.
1: Yeah, I think... I'm not sure exactly what the stat was, but it was something like for every seven guys that retire in construction, like one replaces with my generation. And so it's like, there's just going to be a huge lack of contractors coming into the future so like supply and demand if mm-hmm. you're going into construction you can start charging more as there's the population isn't shrinking but there's less competition in the field so we will charge even more double our rates so i think it's great if guys go into it and i think some people are worried like oh ai is going to take over i think trades is going to be like the last thing ai takes over so if you're yeah. worried about that, like, be valuable to the economy that way. Build yeah. stuff with your hands.
0: I mean, you you guys in blue collar do the thing that keeps the world running. I hear all these people are like, oh yeah, we 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 you know we we're doing this and you know the world can't survive without us. No, the world can't survive without trades. Without the guys who do construction, lay the foundations keep the internet running you know people are like yeah i work in telecom so i i keep the world running no it's the guy who goes down in the sewers or climbs up on the towers who's you know keeping the internet running who's making sure those wires that run underneath the city or you know through the telephone poles or wherever you know you you, you can't have nice homes and nice office buildings for white collar people without blue collar people building them and we live in a world now where and this is this is I've cited this a few times on the show. We have so many boomers that came from the blue collar trade industry. They're retiring. That one of the problems we have now, and they've retired early because of COVID. One of the problems we have now is we have a, a an employment base where there's more jobs than there are people to be hired. So that's why we've seen, you know, the demand and scale for stuff. But specialized workers, whether blue collar or white collar, are going to be even more in demand and be paid more. Than probably ever before because out of the a generation that's retiring for every seven tradesmen people that are you know they're they're experts in their trade they have a lifetime of you know journeyman sort of experience they are being replaced with one new novice person in trades so you have seven people in say you know high-end construction or or you know pick your trade in blue collar they are exiting, and we're losing seven to one, and we're not even getting the one replaced with somebody who's really good. So mm-hmm. this is a big deal. It's a giant sucking sound. Whether you're in the medical field as a, as a doc, hospital nurse, all those sort of things, whether you're in blue collar, you know, all these different trades that are, are seen as the foundation for this thing, and and they're in huge demand. And like you say, AI is not going to replace. Contractors anytime soon, or the people that work with their hands and and the skill levels that they know and being able to do stuff right, welding, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So as as these people, as these folks are more rarer than that, they're going to become like gold even more, and it's going to get expensive to pay as well. And and I think most people in the in this these sort of businesses already are earning exemplary amounts of money.
1: Yep, which is. Great. Cause I'm just getting into the game. And mm-hmm. so I just want to be able to help others that don't find it fulfilling to be sitting behind a desk. Cause I never found that I didn't like being at working in a warehouse or mm-hmm. those kind of jobs. I liked building stuff with my hands. And so it's like, cool. I just want to help others kind of go towards that path. The better contractors there are, the better it is for everyone else. Mm-hmm.
0: There you go. Get, t- tell us, uh, you know, you talk, I see the videos here that are on your TikTok about how you lost 500K. Tell, walk us through that story and tell us, you know, what that cathartic moment is to go through that journey. And then how you, you know, you you, you analyze it, you look at it, you make it so that it, something isn't crippling and devastating like it is for some people. And you you take it on the chin and you go, okay, well, here's how we get out of this. Tell us that story, if you would.
1: Yeah. So the issue was since I was scaling the business so quick, we were just getting tons of leads, tons of work coming in. And so I just thought, cool. I just hire people. They'll do the jobs. That's it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The issue was I hired so many guys in a short amount of time. So I had one employee in the beginning. Then by our second, third month in, we got up to eight to 12 guys. It just made massive jumps very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I was... I didn't have the skill set to train them properly to make sure we're making profit on the jobs. We were just doing the work and I just thought, Okay, cool, money came in, money went out, but I wasn't tracking anything.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so as time was going on, like we lose five hundred on this job, a thousand on this job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It just snowballed and then by the time like the end of that first year, mm-hmm. it was coming into winter and I was like, well, Where is this money? Like the bank account's empty. We did a hundred something yeah. jobs. Like, yeah. Did all so this that's work. where yeah. exactly, and, and so if I you're started paying uh-huh. employees
0: and crews and taxes and all that sort of good stuff for them. It it can it can hit you.
1: Yeah, and then mm-hmm. the biggest issue was all the jobs I thought were going well, they ended up like we had to go replace a lot because the water sloped the wrong way or it cracked, and so I had to replace all these 10 15 k jobs out of my own pocket. And so I lost money the first time, and then I have to fire all these guys try and fix it the second time. And that, so that's how it just got worse and worse going into winter. And then I live in a state where we get a ton of snow. So really for three, four five months, like we can't even pour concrete. So now whatever next egg I should have had, it is just completely wiped. Um, that's kind of what started the snowball effect.
0: There you go. There you go. And that's one of those things that people, you know, happens to entrepreneurs sometimes. They start a business, they're doing the activities, they're doing the things, they're, you know, they're closing the deals. But, you know, some somehow it's not working in the end and, and the math is off or, you know, whatever. And, you know, in the contracting business, I wrote about this in my book, too, because I told the story of my dad and how we used to have to go out and collect money from contractors. And, you know, the contractors sometimes would say to you, oh, hey, uh, yeah, we can't pay anybody. We're going to go file bankruptcy or we have to go into bankruptcy. But here's what we'll do. We'll offer you 10 cents on the dollar because the project didn't work out the way it was supposed to be and uh, you know i told the stories of (laughs) sitting in front of contractors homes Uh, i'll I'll give you a short version of it so my dad used to have this thing where when contractors wouldn't pay him or they would pull that bullshit where i'll pay you 10 cents on the dollar you can have a check now or you can go fight me in court and so what my dad would do is we we had this nasty cement truck it wasn't a cement truck it was an old four pickup and it had been, somebody rammed into it in the back, so the bed was all jacked up. But it had all of our cement in it. And we'd mix cement in the back of it, you know, it had the cement mixer in it for stucco work. And so, you know, the cement, had sprayed like all over the truck. The truck was, was covered in in cement. And you just, you just didn't care after a while. You know, you had certain clothes that you put on that you, you could never get the cement off. And so what you would do, this is back in the old days, what was it, 80s, 70s, 80s? yeah 80s and uh, what he what we would do is the guys wouldn't pay him or they'd you know be dodging him every time he'd go in you know he'd be like hey is bob here he owes me money you know and the secretary would be like oh bob's not here you know you can hear bob screaming in the background in the back office you know or I, we we actually had one guy he ran off on us like he we were asking the secretary and all of a sudden we heard a car up front light up and take off <laughs> Yeah. I imagine it doesn't change much. But so my dad, what he he honed this process of collecting, which is pretty it was pretty interesting. So what we do is he would take, you know, if he was in between days, we drive to the contractor's home. You know, back then you could look up people on the white pages. And so we drive the collectors to the contractors' home in the middle of the day, and my dad would take us and we go bang on the door and of course we're covered in, you know, these cement clothes and he'd park the car so that it could be easily seen across the street. And so my dad would knock on the door and the wife would use the answer. And she'd be like, she'd be like, Oh, hi, it going?" She's like, hey, you know, we're trying to get paid from your husband. He was his money. Every time we go in the office, he, he won't, you know, he won't, uh, he won't, uh, he won't show up or he hides or he won't pay us, et cetera, et cetera. We're trying to reach him because we can't find him. And so my dad and she'd be like, well, he's not here, you know, he's at work. And he goes, that's okay. We're just, we want to catch up to him. So you see that truck right across the street, you know, and she'd look at the truck, (laughs) look look at us. And she said, we'll just be waiting there until he comes back. Okay. So just let him know. We're just trying to reach him and we'll just be in the truck across the street. And so then we go wait in the truck uh, sometime for a couple hours. Right. And you would see the wife. Like looking through the blinds on the phone, you know, at us and stuff. So there's a guy, you know, and son of a gun. You'd be surprised how many times within about half an hour she'd come out, and knock on the window, or the contractor would show up. <laughs> 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 and he's he's got a check for you at the office. Go get it.
1: <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, and I uh, get how because I've been in situations like that where like I gotta owe suppliers or people money, and then it's like. The best way I found is like just be fully transparent, yeah, and like have communication. If you don't have communication, then that's when like it gets iffy. And so it's like, hey, just being fully transparent. Wow, wow, wow! This is what we're doing. Need to knock out these jobs and stuff like that. But yeah, just doing running and hiding from that. It's just face yeah. it head on.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just it's just crazy. So there you go. What are some things we haven't talked about on on how you're inspiring people? It looks like you're teaching people a lot of techniques, pouring cement. You know, doing these things looks like you've got working out the parts of running the business. Tell us how you coach and you help other people be successful.
1: It's not just the business that I help guys on. It's because we also want to incorporate like fitness and then dropping vices as well. Because a massive issue guys have, especially in construction, is they're alcoholics or like they can't. They're hooked on weed, and Mm. I was one of them. And so I was pulling up to job sites three shots deep and I realized like I can't do this. Like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And mm-hmm. so there's no point building a business and then making money if my life is shitty, if my relationships are trash, if I'm overweight, like if mm-hmm. everything has to be in order. And cause that's always the types of people I looked up to who are just crushing it in all aspects of life. So it's like, That's what I kind of coach on as well. It's not so much just making the money, but kind of just winning in all other areas as well.
0: There you go. And a man has to have that. He has to have a balanced life. It's so important. You know, one of the things that I did when I started my company is I let my health go to shit. I put on a lot of weight. I was eating badly, you know, because you're eating on the run, starting a company. You're just like, well, I'll take care of this health thing later. I was putting on weight, you know, doing all the, Just the horrible things. And the problem is it doesn't give you a good life balance, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Like you see it all the time. You see these guys that are multimillionaires, but they jump off bridges because they have other demons they're not fighting. Or there's no point winning the money game if you lose in everything else. And so it's like, oh, get in shape, be mentally strong, financially stable. Like it, it all works out together.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. It, it makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, I, I've learned now I go to the gym and the balance that it brings you, the quality of life that it gives you, especially as a man, because we're designed to be muscular, upper body strength. We're biologically designed to be hunters and fighters and, and everything else. And so going and working your muscles is like so important as a man. It's great for your testosterone as well. And is you know, health, health helps your physical health, helps lead to a healthy mindset. It keeps your brain sharp and uh, focused, cleans out the fog and then back and forth, you know, you go. And it's so important that, that entrepreneurs, especially cause entrepreneurs, cause we're we're just like 12, 16
1: know, hours. Yeah. yeah. 12,
0: 16 hour days. And you're, you're just kind of like, Hey, I know I'm sacrificing my life, my time and my life for the future. You know, you're kind of, you know, you know that there's something coming, so you're trying to do some trade-off and sweat equity and work. But if you don't take care of yourself, you know, especially in your trade, because you are the product, you know, you can unless you own like a company or something, if you're if you're the guy who's brings in the paycheck every month, you are the product. And if the product gets damaged and can't do what it its work, you know, you're screwed. And so that's why it's really important that, you know people take care of themselves and, and have a balanced lifestyle.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. 100%. And know. then that, w- that also kind of stemmed into the vices part. Cause I used to, it used to be terrible. Like I used to bring all the beers to the job sites. Cause yeah, I was like popping six, mm-hmm. seven, eight shots a day. It wow. was cause it was the amount of stress I had in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's what I used to blame. Why I started drinking. Cause I, Cause I have no wife, I have no kids, and so I never really have had like bills I have to make sure are exactly paid. Like, cool if I go homeless, like I could bum it out. when I hired twelve guys, like they all have families, and so that's Mm -hmm. what people don't realize is the stress of having employees. It's like there's (laughs) all these other families that are relying on me to get work, and that that was so that's that's what started it all out.
0: Yeah, when you're the guy. When you're the guy, it's it's a whole it's a whole different thing. You, you know, you you realize that it's just not about you anymore. It's about the people who rely on you and the people who make a living off you. And, you know, and, and it's tough. You know, I did the same thing with drinking with my companies. And back in the day, you know, I never had a problem but I did abuse it. But for early on, it was sugar. <clears throat> it was a nice it was a fuel. So I could get tired and, you know, like you said, 12 to 16 hour days and you, you're you like, hey, I need, a, I, need, I need to finish this project or this paperwork or, you know, this business proposal or whatever you're doing. But man, I'm tired, man. And so I could, you know, I can hit a shot of vodka and, and it turns the sugar in my system and I'm like, yeah, baby, I can go, you know, I'm relaxed, kind of the tension's worn off and I can work longer. And so it was kind of like I can, I had this con in my head that I'm, like, I'm relaxed so I can work harder. But then I wasn't seeing how it was affecting my sleeping and, and you know, chemically, everything else. And when you're young, you can kind of get away with it. But then you kind of had a point where you're like, your body goes, we're not doing this with you anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then right. you're dependent on it. And then it's, it's all <laughs> negatives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it, it's great that you're teaching people life balance. How do they onboard with you? What websites do they go to? Do you have any packages that you offer? Do you do one-on-one, group, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yeah. So it's, I have two programs. Mm -hmm. There's one-on-one coaching or there's group coaching Mm -hmm. and it's just as simple as that. It's one-on-one is a $3,000 a month. And then the group coaching is $300 a month. Mm -hmm. And so it's just diving in and looking at like, what do we need to fix for the business? Okay. How's your mindset? How's your self-talk? So many guys come in with the, this negative mindset where they're constantly just seeing problems and, you're going to have problems in business, but if you're not looking actively for solutions, like you're never going to make it. So many guys are like, Oh, it's winter. I can't get work. Oh, there's, there's shitty employees everywhere. There's shit. Like it, it's changing that kind of self-talk and just kind of having guys rewire their mind. But yeah, that's how the coaching program goes. It's pretty much just one-on-one with me or group coaching on Very... anything with marketing sales, anything in construction or also like fitness and stuff like that.
0: There you go. And, and it's so important, you know, because, you know, part of, part of, you know, bad employees are part of a a lazy, weak, poorly designed, let's maybe put it, hiring process. If you hire well, I learned this the hard way too. I learned this the hard way too. If you, if you don't put a lot of intent into your, in in curation into your hiring process, you're going to have a mess on the back end of employees. Is hiring right, spending the time to hire right. Like if you might spend, you know, an extra two, three times the amount of time you would, you know, do hire right and background check and see if people are a fit. That will make pff, the, the exponentials that pays is probably a hundred X. It makes all the difference because you can, you hire problem people. They're hard to get rid of and they're, and they're going to be problems when you do get rid of them usually. And uh, it just makes all the difference. And so the qualities and techniques of entrepreneurism don't seem to change, whether it's blue collar or white collar or whatever you want to call it. Starting a company is is pretty much and building a company is, is, is the same muscle of leadership, really, when it comes down to it, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's all the team and the people you okay. have around you. Like one all-star player is way better than five B-star or B-rated employees or players because… Like our top, our top employees, Diana, our assistant, she is amazing because she wants to push the company forward almost as much as me. And it's not even hers. She's not, she doesn't want to just clock in, clock out. Like she's actively trying to drive and get better. And yeah, it really is who you surround yourself with because Mm -hmm. one bad apple in the company, like it just spoils everyone else. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: They, they can, they can we used to call it tubing back in the 80s. I don't know what a good term. Basically, it's a person who will negatize everybody, you know, and they go around and they're just like these evil people, whisper people, this place sucks, I hate this job, I don't blah, blah, blah. They're people who tube everybody down. They bring them down and they'll wreck your whole business if they, if they can, you know. I remember one time we had a tuber get in our telemarketing department. Ten of our employees got up one day and quit because they'd been, you know, victimized by this person and and no oh, it's it's a horrible place these people are bad and we're you know we paid more than most people did especially in bonuses and i was just like how the hell did somebody get in here and infiltrate our business and just get 10 employees to quit it's the one the trojan right?
1: horse yes it's just yeah. the trojan horse yeah, they get in you. and it just crushes everything
0: yeah and they they'll destroy you man i've had employees tell lies about our companies as to you know as to how they operate. Oh, there's no these guys aren't really making money. There's no cash flow here. I remember one of the things we we used to, you know, we were closing and you can see this transparently in the board. It was really amazing. We're closing close to 300 loans a month, millions of dollars in a uh, month in mortgages. And, and we used to take I think back in those days you'd take a credit report fee, $50. dollars you take an appraisal fee up front of $300. So we take 350 bucks from people up front. You have to do that because, you know, 9 times or seven out of 10 times their credit was shit. So you didn't want to be stuck with it. And then two, you know, a lot of people thought their homes were worth what they weren't. They, worth? they weren't <laughs> stuck with that bill either. So they had to pony that up, up front. And, and then of course you pay it back in the mortgage loan fees and costs and stuff. But you know, we had one employee who went around and told our whole company that we were floating that. And that was the only way we were staying in business. Even though you could see the numbers on the boards, because you know we had these giant boards and processing and sales, and he literally had convinced one or two employees of that, and I, I, I was pissed because I, you know, if you looked at the cost of our operations compared to the cost of that intake, and I mean we would have been out of business in a month if we were operating in that frame, and we've been in business for six or seven years so you know that that one evil employee can really fucking people fuck up people's heads he can screw your salespeople and everything else so i'm glad you're teaching this i'm glad you're sharing it and like i said you know men who work in trades are there's there some real men when it comes down to it you guys have to have a lot of masculine hook to you or whatever it's called because i can't do it am I'm, I'm, i i can't do it I'm an old broken down ass old man and go no I can, I can do the trades, but it's some of the most valued stuff in the world and everything that you want to think about white collar or, you know, businesses with air conditioning your your, your business doesn't operate without the trades. You guys are the foundation to fucking America when it really comes down to it. And without that foundation, you know, it, we'd We'd grind to a halt really quick, the lights would go off, the internet would stop working, and everything else it It's the much needed trade and and I think a lot of young people i think a lot of people dissuade from it or devalue it without realizing that number one there's a lot of good income in it i mean you mm-hmm. know i mean the guys who guys who do garbage work in garbage, they make more than six figures a year. So you can look at them and go, yeah, they just they just pick up garbage. Those guys make really good money for what they're doing, and they should because it's not a it's not a business a lot of people want to do. You know, be careful. My message to young people and other people, you know, you'd be surprised you can make you can make multiple millions of dollars in the trade business. It's not it. it you know, you may have to shower every day when you come home from work, but you know, then you can go spend all your money.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's, people don't realize like income, it's a direct correlation of how many people can do what you do. Mm -hmm. It's, anyone can flip burgers, but how many people can pour concrete or frame a house? It's getting less and less, of course, by nature, like the income is going to grow.
0: Definitely. And uh, that's the world we're living in. Final thoughts as we go out, give people a pitch out to onboard with you, reach out to you and get involved in uh, what you're doing.
1: Yeah, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, everything. It's Daniela. That's where all my content is it's starting to pop out on YouTube as well. Just there giving free game out.
0: There you go. Show people how how to how to do it and how it gets done and all that good stuff. Thank you very much, sir, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. There you go. And thanks to everyone tuning in. Go to Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, Chris Voss One, TikTok, and all that stuff. Happy holidays, wherever you are. Maybe you'll catch this on the New Year's too. So happy New Year's as well. And uh, set some goals from all the stuff we talk about the Chris Foss show to have a great year in 2024. And if you're watching this 10 years from now on YouTube, as people said to do five to 10 years from now, have a great next year, whatever that next year is. Eh? I'll see you next time. Be good to each other.